right. Well, last Sunday was our Valentine's weekend Sunday, and it was a great time. I was so impressed how the Tracys and the Bates did in sharing from the Word. Just give them a hand. That's right. From the Word and their lives uh, regarding marriage, just a lot of wisdom there. And so if you missed that, uh, I want to encourage you to uh, look that back up on our live stream. Two weeks ago, our live stream had some technical difficulties. It didn't uh, get up and going. The message was entitled King of Love. Uh, I'll do a little tie-in this morning to that message, uh, but we'll have that uh, video available to you this week. We'll send it out, that link to you if you missed that. Um, and I, I want to say that I'm, I am starting a new series. I have felt from the beginning of this year, I, I often, in the beginning of the year, have a time of fasting and being away. And um, the Lord really gave me several things that I'm finding Him connecting them together. So we're in a series uh, entitled uh, today called Perfect Love Cast Out Fear. It's going to last, I think, three or four sessions. But it connects some to the other one that was King of Love and, that, and the series before. I mean, and what I'm seeing down the road in the next month or two are going to be... So it's like you just got to realize um, it's not some kind of weird... Uh, uh, you know, habit or pattern that pastors like to teach series. I want to give you the reason for the heart of it. It's because God is saying, I have a stream to give to you. You need to go deeper in that stream. There's a depth to it, and one message is not enough to get into the depth of it. See what I'm saying? And there's a building of these next several uh, messages that's going to take us deeper in the in the river of the Father's perfect love. And so, please don't come to church with a oh, I wonder what the pastor's got for us today. It's just and you know, get, oh, well, that was pretty good. You can go home, eat lunch, and get in your busy week, and you think of it. The heart of God is He's bringing principles and word to you that's going to build on the next week and the next week, and they're tied in because God wants to go deeper in that stream in that place in his word. And so that's where I'm at for today. Let's pray over that, and then we'll open with our first scripture. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much for being the word and then releasing the word, the written word of God to us. Lord, we pray you bless your word today in our ears and our hearts that we would see you differently, that we would experience you differently today and into this deeper stream that you have for us. Amen. So a recurring uh, scripture that I believe I'll be using uh, for this series is 1 Corinthians 4.18. And I'm actually not going to dig into it today. Uh, There's a lot in that chapter 4 of 1 John and I'm not going to, but I want us to read this verse because it's just uh, so good. It'll be one that we'll keep looking at over the next several weeks. It says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Wow. I want that in my life. God's perfect love pushing out fear. 
couple of Sundays ago in the King of Love message, one of the key passages was this, Romans 5, verses 5, and then I'm going to jump to verse 8. It says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. And that is the the level that God wants to take us to, to, that we believe that His hope, because of His love, does not disappoint. And that there is this work of the Holy Spirit, just like it says here, of His love being poured out in our hearts by His Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, we want that. Verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, folks, He loved us first. He has initiated this loving relationship. This is something that you did not muster up and you went, oh, okay, I think I want to serve and love God. No, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. And he said, while we were sinners, we were not children of God. In fact, there's a scripture that says we were children of the devil. We're just following our own selfish desires. We were just being swayed by the ways of this world, and we were not children of God. And then God loved us as much as he loves us today as a child of God. He loved us first, and his coming to earth to die on the cross for our sins so that barrier could be moved, and then to be raised from the dead to defeat death and judgment to be judged for us He removed all the obstacles for salvation. So when we say, yes, I believe in your death and resurrection, we get to step into being a child of God to where now we can really believe that his love is there. His love was drawing us. It says his kindness leads us to repentance. His love was working. We didn't see it. We didn't recognize it. And finally we said yes. And we said yes back in response this perfect love is, in the Greek, it's called, um, it's called uh, agape. And I'm just going to throw up that definition real quick to remind us about what that love looks like. It's unconditional love, meaning he loved us while we were sinners, before we loved him. Yeah, go ahead and the next thing. It's a strong, positive emotion of regard and affection. God has this sense of his love. It's not from this stone cold heart sitting on a big throne somewhere far away. No, it's from someone who has this emotion of regard and affection for us. He looks at us and sees us and he delights in us. He created us just like he wanted us. He looks at us and we have value to him, so much value. He sent his one and only son to die so there wouldn't be these obstacles and barriers between him and you anymore. And then also, in a, he takes pleasure in it's a to love based on its regarded value. So you are created in God's image. You've always have had value to God. Little Zach, little Breeley, they're young, they're small, but God had value for them being in Isaac in Oklahoma before they were conceived and before they were born. God had value for them and loved them then and loves them now and will love them the same later on. In Jeremiah 31, 3, 
the Lord has appeared. It says this, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. The Old Testament is full of different words for love. It's talking about a covenant kind of love, a loyal kind of love. And it's an everlasting love. So, folks, guess what? I just got to tell you, you cannot earn more love from the Father. Because you were always loved. It's an everlasting love. Before, when you were just in the heart and mind of God, not even conceived, not even born yet, today and going to the future, the same kind of love has always been there for you. And so why, I ask us the question, why do we feel like sometimes we got to improve ourselves to earn more love? That's not God's kind of love. That's not his perfect love. It's his agape love. This loving kindness has been uh, the same ever since. And we need his love to love him. I know sometimes, Lord, I'm going to do better. I'm going to improve. I'm going to love you better. Yeah, we'll actually just get better at receiving his love. Believing how incredibly perfect it is, how everlasting it is, that'll help you love him better. Is receiving, believing, and uh, uh, renewing your mind to believe what the word says. See, we kind of think it's, it's kind of like how re- human relationships go. Well, if I, you know, really pour into this friendship, then that, that person is going to respond and, and, and we'll be better friends. And if in this marriage, if I serve her better, she's, she's going to get blessed and she's going to serve. That's called sowing and reaping, isn't it? And it's a real thing in life. And God wants us to sow first. He wants to initiate love and serving and giving. He wants us to initiate those things. And over time, you're going to find there's some reaping back. There's some blessings coming back. But our relationship with God, he loves us first. You can't love him first. And you can't have some kind of resources that you have in yourself. I'm going to determine and I'm going to love you better. No, you, you need his love to love him better and more. He, his love cleanses us. His love empowers us. His love lifts us up. That's why the word thank you is so powerful because we're recognizing that he has given you his love, his grace, his mercy, and you're saying, and his blessing, and you're saying, thank you. You're responding back. Christianity and relationship with God is a response back. We're always responding back. Thank you. Yes, I will. I will. I will gladly obey you. I want to obey you. Surely, look at all that you've done for. I want to obey you, of course. The next uh, passage that we're going to get to is in Galatians, Galatians 4. And um, it, I had this just at the end of my message, and I have a, my own story uh, about this uh, perfect love, this father's love that's very powerful. I have a story uh, from 1997 I want to share, and I was going to share it at the end. I woke up this morning, and I felt, no, God didn't want me to put this at the end. He wants me to put it up near the beginning. And so I'm just going to kind of go into this passage in my story here in a moment. And it's a, it's a new phrase I want you to get used to. This scripture, uh, it's called sonship. 
sonship, it's, there's a couple other passages we'll probably look at in this series that describe this a little bit more. And I want to say to all the ladies uh, that this isn't a male chauvinist, uh, you know, situation where it's called sonship. Now, granted, it's true that in particularly in ancient times, uh, both in, in the Jewish world and the other world, that women were not um, seen as equal in value to men, and it was not right, it was not godly, it was not God's way. Jesus did some things to show that he isn't in that groove. And I'll just give you one example. When he raised from the dead, who did he appear first to? A woman, yes. Mary Magdalene, he appeared to several ladies first. And to say, listen, I'm showing the greatest work that, that I ever have done on the earth. I'm showing it to women first. I'm giving that value to them. So Jesus had great respect for women. And this passage that I'm going to discuss is about adoption. And we get adopted, legally adopted, and sonship is actually a legal word. It's, 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 uh, it kind of a, it's a legal thing, not just a family thing. It goes beyond family. It's also legal. And our dear brother, Hugh Hudson, grew up in a family in Frankfurt. And he was adopted. And these are deep issues in a person's life. And if you knew Hugh, like, he was a man of the word. And what he did was he would meditate on the word of God and he would memorize it and all the numbers and where it all, it was amazing. But in he at times said, I need to deal with this adoption that's bothering me. Because... The enemy wants to say, see, you were rejected. You weren't wanted. But God is saying, no, adoption is the reverse. It's saying, you are chosen. Someone pursued you, chose you, and brought you in to their family. And folks, guess what? We're all adopted in the kingdom. Philip Whitehead, who is officiating over Hugh's uh, uh, memorial service, brought this out in his teaching and his message there. And that... That was something God was working in Hugh to receive. Yes, well, whatever happened on earth, none of it is perfect because no one is perfect except God, but God has chosen me, and I'm accepted. I am received in the Father's heart and in his family. Those of you who have adopted children, I want to say you're amazing that you have scripturally walked out a clear picture of who God is and his love is pursuing someone and said, you're mine now. I be- you belong to me. Legally, you belong to me. Not just uh, even though this is important and you hear this sometimes with families with stamp parents and things, this is, this is beautiful. And they say, I've, I, I, you know, we weren't able to adopt him or something, but I treated them like my own son and daughter. And that's a beautiful statement because it says love, acceptance. It says you're chosen. Let's just read a couple of verses here out of Galatians chapter 4.
And a little background, it says the reason God sent forth his son was to verse 5, and let's look at 5, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. See, we have been under the law. Now, there's a reference to under the law in uh, the scriptures about the law of the Old Testament of doing do's and don'ts to be good enough to be a part of righteousness, to be righteous. Well, that is why Jesus came because they couldn't do enough right to be righteous and stay righteous. And so you and I are the same way. We People will tell you in America... They'll say, hey, you know, you're talking about the Lord or Christianity or something. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven, yeah. Well, well, why are you going to heaven? Well, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a good person. You know, I'm, I try to do good and help people. And, and what they're saying is, yeah, I, I just do some good things. I'm, I'm under the law. I just do some good things. And surely that I would go to heaven and not hell. Listen, hell is just a separation from God's love and goodness. And it's not a good place because we walk on an earth that's full of God's love and goodness. Every blessing, the sun that's shining today, the grass that's going to turn green soon, all of those are blessings for all of us from heaven. And hell doesn't have any separation from God, doesn't have any blessings of his goodness, any place of his love. But if people don't want relationship with God, it breaks his heart, but it's their choice. He gives love, gives people a choice instead of forcing them in a direction. Make sense? (coughs) Excuse me. So he says there's a better way than trying to do good under law, and that is this that we receive the adoptions as sons, verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now, this word Abba is one of the simplest words a person can say. And it's Aramaic for father or dad. It's that intimate way to address your father. And I've heard when I'm in Israel or on a plane going over and you're stuck near a family with little kids and you're going overseas to Israel and it's a Jewish family and this kid won't go to sleep. But when he says, Abba, and he says it just so sweet and gentle, just melt your heart. It's okay. You can keep me up, kid. I don't care. You're so cute. But it's one of the simplest things to say, and Abba is one of the first words that can come out of a baby's mouth. But I want you to see this unusual phrase. It says that the spirit of his son Jesus is in in our hearts, and what does it do? It cries out. It cries out, Father, Daddy, Abba, I need you, I want you. Because Abba means 
that you belong. Abba means that you do have a home. That you're not alone. That you're not fighting this life by yourself. That you're not in a loneliness and you feel by yourself. No, I belong to Abba. I want to tell you uh, my story here. And again, this is this is some deep stuff, and these scriptures coming up, and we'll go over uh, in another Sunday morning in this series another passage about adoption that uh, reveals some more things. So it's, we want to study this and go deeper. But I dedicated my heart to Christ at 18, just had some really uh, fast discipleship growth. I went to a uh, that was at the end of my senior year in high school, went to a Christian college, got involved in, in ministry there, and is, is freshman year in outreach, and every worship service they had, I would be there, just loved worship so much, and so just grew a lot, and ended up after college coming here to be a youth pastor, and I was youth pastor nine years, and back in those days, we had, we had rooms in these corners, these walls in, in these corners, and Joel's office was over here. And I was in his office because I just said, I've got to tell him. I've got to tell him what I'm struggling with. I can't. I'm trying to battle this on my own. It's not working. And I've got to go tell him and get his prayer. He's my senior pastor. And, and I was embarrassed, but I had to tell him that his youth pastor had been with him nine years, that I've got this blockage in my spiritual growth that I don't understand why it's still there. I've tried to worship more. I've tried to have longer devotions. I've tried to uh, get into prayer more. I've tried all these law things trying to do and get rid of this blockage. That's the term I used to him. I said, there's this blockage, and I, I get really dedicated, and I really go for it, and, I, and, I'm, I, and then it just seems not to go away, and so I use this other term. It's like discouragement. It's just piling on top of each other. And here, I'm on staff. I should be one of your spiritual leaders, and I can't break this. I'm just kind of embarrassed to be there talking to him, and, and, and you know, I can't remember any details of what he said that day, but I can tell you what happened. One thing that happened is that the Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So that was an act of humility to my spiritual covering. I'm only hitting myself. Why didn't do this, you know, two years ago? Because it was was around a handful of years I was aware of this thing, good five, six years or, or so. Why didn't I do this sooner to just humble myself, be honest, and I need I need prayer? And he did. He prayed for me. There was, uh, at that time in 1997, we were having uh, Sunday night services dedicated to the presence of God. And we would just have a short teaching worship and then have open the altar call for people to come down for worship, uh, for prayer. And it was, a, you know, two to three weeks later, um, I was over here at the altar after worship, I felt, I think God's going to do something tonight. I just think I was kind of been waiting now for over a year or two, just say, God, you're going to, I don't know when, but and he said, this is the night. And one of my friends prayed for me and God did a powerful work 
in my spirit, soul, and body that night. One that I will not forget. But I want to give you a clue of a couple things that was revealed to me. And it was this. It was after it was done, I felt like God was pouring out. And we saw in Scripture, this is he, he's, gonna pour, he's pouring out his love really every day. We just don't always realize it. And he poured out his love on me, and it was like he was enjoying me, giving me this joy and peace. And I had this image at the end of that prayer time uh, with this, like this image here. I had twin boys that were three and another baby that was, another baby boy that was a few months old. And for these last couple years, I'm loving it as a father, to grab my little ones and lift them over my head and tickle their ribs and they're tickling and they're laughing and cackling and then bring them down because they're begging for me to stop and just put them in my arms and hold them and snuggle them for a little while. One of my greatest joys in life in that season And in that prayer time, that is what the image I got. This is what God just did with me. He loved me. He, in a sense, like tickled me and gave me this this sense of his power working in my my whole being. And he was snuggling with me. And this instantly, after I saw this image in my spirit that this is what it was, this came to me. The Father doesn't just... Love me, he likes me. Now, that, that's, that, you know, that might not hit you like it did me, but I had this sense, like a law-based thinking, like just doing this, that God was obligated to love me because he was God. It was one of his responsibilities. One of the things that he had on his to-do list that he had to do. And he just did it, at, you know, out of obligation. This is, and that's what I was doing. I was applying the way I was living my re- spiritual life. If I just do more, if I get these, these checklists off, then I'm going to get to a place where I'll earn more of his love. Because there's this blockage. I don't understand it. And he was showing me that day, look, Stephen, I don't, just love you. I like you. I enjoy you. I, I want to spend time with you. I delight in you. Oh, Lord, bring that stream of your love among us. May it only build from this day that we stomp out the lies of the enemy and of this world that wants to say, you're not loved by God. You're not seen as valuable because of this or that. He's always loved you the same. It's an everlasting love way before you even existed on the earth. He loved you the same. He doesn't love you anymore today or next week. Just receive this unconditional pouring out of his love. Let's just Pray here for a minute. Just wait here for a minute.
we say thank you, Father, for loving us so much. We say thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross, proving your love to us. Thank you for defeating death through your resurrection to give us all of your life. Full of grace, full of truth. When you start being aware of the immensity and this outpouring of God's love for you, you'll start seeing the scripture in deeper ways. So I, I believe God is, is doing it right now. He is taking many of us in a deeper revelation of how much he loves us. We're going to jump to the next scripture, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. So, we are, stay on that verse one for a sec. This word bestowed can also be translated lavished. It's bestowed, it's poured out, it's lavishly poured out. And that, therefore, we are called children of God. That is who we are. And I, I want you if, to work on this, this understanding that you are a, a follower of Christ, you're there are many motifs and themes in the scripture. You're in the army of God. You're a soldier, a soldier for the Lord. Uh, you are, but you are a child. You're a son and a, or a daughter of the king, treasured by the king. And then this word sonship means, and you have legally uh, received the inheritance of the father. It's a legal term, sonship. Next verse here, verse 2 says, Beloved. Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So when we receive the Father's love, and and it takes his love for us to love him back, we become more like him. We are transformed to becoming more like him. And I'm so glad this verse 2 starts off with the word beloved. And, you know, you may not, we, we don't use that word much, right? It's kind of an ancient word, beloved. That we, it's kind of a, a, you know, romantic word or whatever. It's, it's a, a word of endearment, and, um, and, and it's not necessarily romantic. It's, it's not in this case here, but, you know, we just don't use it much. But beloved is... Uh, if you look at the Greek, it says a person who's dearly loved and cherished, sometimes preferred above all ever, others and treated with partiality. It's like 
they're a loved one of yours in your family or so close as a friend, you would call them a loved one in your in your closest circles, and so you do extra stuff for them. They're preferred above others. They're loved and cherished. You know, someone who loves us so well uh, is Dolores Mitchell. And when I read this, I think of Dolores calling, calling us dear one. And I, I see that's, that's the heart of this right here. Your, your beloved... Now, if you have a family member next to you, go, hey, beloved. If it's someone you don't know, don't say it, okay? They might take it wrong, okay? Your close friends, your, your family, they're your beloved. This is what, how God wants it to be. So I want to have this phrase, and I want to expound on it some more, that I'm speaking to you. Beloved, you are safe and secure and the Father's love. And so I say to you, receive his peace. Because when you realize there's this perfect love of the Father, oh man, praise God, you know, you just relax and you're safe and secure. When you're secure and you're safe, you know, there's peace. When you feel free from danger, you feel free, free from fear of the future or some unknown circumstances, you're in the Father's hands, you're in his arms. I can just relax. I'm going to be at peace. Beloved, you're safe and secure in the Father's love. Be at peace. You know, Miss Marty, children's minister here for many years and lives in Colorado now, started a ministry. And what she call it? Father's love. So that every child that became part of that ministry would say, I want you to know you're safe and secure in the Father's love. It's growing. It's amazing the blessing that's being poured out on the ministry right now. Many of you were, some of you were there at the uh, Father's Love Banquet just a week or so ago. There was close to 300 people there from the community. A year and a half ago, the banquet had 175. So that's just incredible community involvement, growth, and, and the, what came in was amazing financially. And, and I would be guessing at the numbers, so I don't, I don't want to say them because I can't remember. It was just uh, God's heart came through the people. So I want you to see yourself as a treasured son or daughter of the king. Go to Mark chapter 10 if you're following that way. Verse 13 through 16 says, Then they brought little children to him, that's Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Listen, it's just typical of the world to say, You're not, you're just a child. You're. You little kid, get, you know, get away. This is not your... And Jesus rebuked that. He didn't want that at all. He said, in fact, let me tell you something. This, these children have a dyna- dynamic about them, a way about their spirituality that you need. Let's keep reading. Verse 15, Assuredly, I say to you, 
Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. He wanted to touch them. He wanted to hold them. He wanted to bless them. And he said, look, there is a a dimension of a child that you, you must have in your spiritual walk. Yes, we're intercessors. Yes, we're prayer warriors. Yes, we're in God's kingdom. We're mature. We're mentors. We're spiritual mothers and fathers. But there's a foundation that goes all the way down to you being a treasured son or daughter of the king. And I know for many times, and particularly in the 90s when I experienced that, uh, that powerful uh, revelation where God, he just enjoys me. He likes me. That oftentimes I would be praying for someone at the altar. They could be in their 60s, but I see this little girl as I'm praying for them in my spirit, in my heart. And, I'm, and I would say that, you know, God just loves you as his little, little girl that he treasures. And that's where God is touching those deeper places. Because a little child, when they are with Jesus, can you imagine that being in his lap? They felt that safety and that security. They had peace. They had joy. They didn't do anything to work to earn it. They just got in his lap. And I want to encourage you to think that way even in your spiritual walk of, Lord, when I need to sit in your lap for a while. And this has become so real to me, I can do it any time of the day. When that need for safety and security and peace and acceptance, I can, I can just, in my heart, I can just go into the lap of the Father. And usually there's no words. I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, show you some images. I have one more scripture uh, to go over, and then I'm going to, um, you know, offer prayer. In our last worship song, um, I heard it last week. It's just perfect for this uh, time that what God is doing in the stream. So I'm going to ask you not to just, you know, if you can stay, please stay a little bit longer. But do you do you imagine? You know, God gives us the mind of Christ. He lets us uh, either by his spirit or just by he's transforming the way we think will give us images of who he is. Let's just go to one right here. This beautiful area outside, there's flowers, there's this stream, and there you are uh, just holding his hand like a little girl got your teddy, your favorite teddy bear, and you're with Jesus. Ladies, do you ever see yourself like this? I want to tell you, it's one of the aspects God wants to build in your foundation of your, of your relationship with him. So the next one is with a boy holding Jesus' hands. I see this on top of a hillside. It looks like it's maybe high up, and they've been, they've been climbing, they've been hiking and having an adventure together. 
they're close, they're holding hands, but they've been outdoors kind of experiencing adventure together. Ah, a treasured son. I had a friend of mine in Pennsylvania that was going through a lot of this, another layer as I was at the time with a father's love, and he had a son who was already in his, you know, late 20s, had a a good job, a good kind of career-type job, and he was really regretting as a father that he hadn't uh, been like that kind of love with his son. And one day he was in the living room, and he just, on the sofa, he just reached over to give it a try and grabbed this young man's hand and just held his hand. And his son didn't pull away. Because there's a cry that comes deep from our hearts, Abba, Father. And none of us get it perfectly from our dads. I know I tried to be a great dad. I studied the word, wanted to be a great dad. And I look back and I just, oh, Lord. Restore the hearts of my children to you. May they experience your perfect love because I tried, but I fell really short. There's another one here of uh, an image that, again, that's kind of where I can go to quickly when I just need that sense of security and peace that everything's going to be all right. I can go there. So go back to Galatians 4. I want to start at verse 4. Read this again. I'm hoping you're going to see this at a deeper level. That's why we repeat scriptures is to go deeper. That's why we have series to go deeper. Verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, I need you, I want you. This is my greatest need is your love and acceptance. Verse 7, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Listen, folks, you are an heir. You're, you have sonship. You're the eldest son. In those uh, ancient times, the oldest son received the primary ownership of the family estate. They would be the, uh, the, the leader moving forward in the next generation. It's the oldest son. You are the oldest son, men and women. You receive legally the adoption uh, as a son, and you receive all of his spiritual blessings of abundant grace, mercy, peace, and love, provision, no fear. This is your inheritance. God wants us to walk in it. You are no longer a slave. When I sat in that office, I was like, Joel, I've tried. I've been beating my head, trying harder, harder. I still have this blockage. I felt trapped. I was a slave, folks. And I experienced that Father's love, and yes, it made a huge difference in my spirit. Now, my life's uh, patterns and habits and other things God needed to show me happened gradually in other times, but it was a specific marking that I needed 
to go into a deeper space of His love. I want to say a salvation prayer. So those of you watching online this morning or later this week or anyone here, that if you say, I need to start, I want to start, I want to start this love relationship with God. I may have known about Him. I had knowledge about Him, but I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is so foreign to me. I feel distant from God. I just, you know, try to be a good person, whatever. And you want to start that relationship with the Father through Jesus. This is a great day. And I'm going to say this prayer. If you, I'm going to ask everybody just to say it with me, everybody in the room, and, 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 and just join in and saying it. If you're saying it for the first time, or maybe it's the second or third time, but you've been living a, your own life and in a sense forgotten God, then let this be that turnaround prayer to come back into his loving arms. Please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I turn away from my sin and selfishness. Wash me clean with your blood. I believe you rose from the grave so I can receive your life and your everlasting love. I'm your child now. I'm in your family now. Now and forever. Tell someone that you prayed that prayer in your heart. Let them help you start walking this walk. And of course, any of us here want to help you as well every Sunday morning we have altar ministry teams around and there's a reason for it because we want to be a house of prayer a people of prayer so anything that's going on in your life this week be it something struggling at work something financial and there's confusion there something in your health and you have some upcoming tests or procedures and you want prayer for your health we, we're here and we want to join our prayers with yours but I'm also asking that those uh, that want to stay and receive prayer for this outpouring of the Father's love to go in places in your heart that you won't be aware of like I was that day in 1997 hadn't even realized what the blockage was and to experience more freedom to get chains off of you by this outpouring of the Father's love then we're available for you as well go ahead and bring these lights down. I want this last worship song. I'd like you to receive the heart of this song. Of course, if you need to go because of some appointment or whatever, I understand totally, but if you can receive His love, 
during this song would be great. And then again, we're here available for prayer. And I'm just going to say right now, you're blessed. This week, you're blessed. The abundance of His goodness and love is part of your inheritance. Belongs to you. He loved you first. He's already purchased you by His blood. So, you belong. You have beloved. You have His love, His security, His peace. Have a blessed week.